You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 81 with Erica Dotson. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's good, Blazer Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hart. Our featured guest for today is Erica Dotson. She is the co-founder and creative director of Indique Care. And this fascinating woman has a great deal of experience in creating hair pieces and designing different looks. And her innovative style has been sought after in numerous fashion shoots and runways. And today, she's the the creative force behind her brand. I really enjoyed this conversation. We talked about quite a bit. We touched on her Genesis story and what got her into hair extensions in the first place. We touched on some of her challenges growing a business over the past decade into now what has become a multi-million dollar brand. And we touched on leadership, marketing, and a ton more. And so for all our entrepreneurs, Erica has this pretty dope story that will leave you inspired and hopefully ready to take action on blazing your own trail, right? So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to G. Cole. Greg, I saw your super cool review over on Apple Podcasts and I wanted to share it with our Blazing Nation here. It reads, I started listening late last year and fell off due to being busy. I'm finally back and very grateful for this forum that enlightens and informs. I'm now binge listening I know my road trips aren't such a drag. Keep up the great work, Stephen. This podcast is very necessary. Listen, guys, you know, reviews like that give podcasters life. I know I've said this several times before, but we often don't know who's downloading and listening to these episodes. I see the stats all the time of thousands of downloads in all these countries. But truth be told, I I know a tiny fraction of the people behind those numbers. So I deeply, deeply value these reviews. They let me know that you're loving the content. Let me know, you know, episodes that impacted you in in a positive way. And like Greg, you know, I'm also a podcast listener and I find that I'll binge listen to some of my favorite shows too. So I can absolutely relate to that experience and happy to have you back, Bridget. Guys, do me a solid. If you've not yet done so, hop on over to Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, go over and click on that search icon And search trailblazers.fm like you're looking for the podcast for the very first time. You're going to want to click on the cover and select the reviews tab. And there you can leave us a quick five-star review and help us to improve our awareness of the Trailblazers movement within organic search on Apple Podcasts. All that said, let's go ahead and get set to dive into today's conversation with today's featured Trailblazer, Erica Dotson. Hope you enjoy Erica, welcome and thanks for being our featured trailblazer today. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy that all of the trailblazers are listening in. 
Absolutely. I'm so happy to talk with you today. I have so much respect and admiration for your brand, you know, and what you've poured your heart into to create over this past decade and just excited to share your story with our community. You know, you're a mom who's running a multi-million dollar business and your brand is now a go-to, which is pretty crazy for, for celebrity icons. I wanted to start off by asking you, what's keeping you grounded today? Oh, wow. So family and a really solid foundation of love keeps me grounded. These are reminders that always show me just how beautiful this life that we have, the privilege to experience truly is. It literally humbles me every waking day. And it's, you know, and I'm not doing it alone. It's such an amazing team that I'm surrounded with that, you know, just really put their heart and soul into everything. So with the team and then on the personal side, my family and friends, it's just, you know, really an amazing time for me. So you sound like you're a lady who lives out your gratitude. Uh, oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. Awesome. I love that. Well, we're going to talk about that team here in a few minutes, but I wanted to understand, you know, a little bit about what got you into the hair extensions business in the first place. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I was dying. (laughs) Literally, like, just to be honest with you, so I was in the corporate arena working at a tower site co-location company. So I was responsible for closing deals with the cellular companies. And, you know, I don't know if you see these towers on the highway with the blinking lights. So it had nothing to do with beauty, hair, (laughs) nothing fabulous at all. And so I would handle the negotiations, the contracts from start to finish. And like I said, it was just killing me. I was like, there has to be something else out there for me. I don't know if I can continue to do this for the next 20 years. So I thought about, you know, what I really liked. I always loved beauty and fashion. And I was like, you know what, maybe I can just enroll in cosmetology school. Mm. My aunts and a couple of uncles were actually barbers and stylists. Even my grandmother was a hairstylist at one time. And so I guess it's sort of in my blood. So I gave it a go. I did a part-time situation where I spoke with the enrollment officer at the school. And I said, okay, I have a full-time job. I'm a single mom. How can we work this out? I want to get through this quickly. And she said, well, you can always, you can clock in whenever you want. So that was like a plus for me. So I would literally clock in during my lunch hour (laughs) and then rush back to work. And then I would go to school after work. So I did this. It took me about a year and a half to get out. Wow. And so when I did that, you know, I just, I was just so inspired. It was just, I was so intrigued. I was probably one of the only people who were really into the books and, you know, cause a lot of people are in cosmetology school, their parents throw them in there. It's just uh, something just to do on the side and they're right. not really, really into it, but I was really into it. And I'd gone to a couple of hair shows with the school and I noticed that people were starting to do hair extensions, but it really wasn't very prevalent. Like it was one of those things people didn't really want to talk about it. You know, people wouldn't tell you, oh, I'm wearing hair extensions. It was one of those taboo things Mm. that, you know, you just kind of kept it quiet and pretended as if it were all yours. So I found it to be very interesting and it wasn't something that you learned in cosmetology school, because when you're in cosmetology school, they only teach you what you need to know to pass the actual exams for the state board. Mm. And state board does not have hair extensions. Now, they might have it now, but I know then, this was about, you know, 12, 13 years ago, 
that did not exist. So I ended up finishing cosmetology school and I decided that I wanted to open up my own hair extension studio. I didn't do anything the traditional way. So everyone from the, my instructors to the owner of the school, they were saying, Oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? So you wanted to do this coming right out? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. And so They said, you know, really as a a student just graduating from cosmetology school, you really need to just work at a salon. You'll probably have to do commission because you don't have any clients to pay booth rent. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. I'm going to try to figure this out and I'm just going to, you know, pray about it and have faith and just see what happens. You know, what have I got to lose? Not doing anything now. I don't have any clients now. So let's just see how this works, this way of doing it. So I found I wanted to be in a really, this is in Austin, Texas, where I was Mm. living. And so I really, I wanted to be in a really chic area of town. And, you know, when you want to do that, you have to pay the fees for rent. You know, it's pretty high. So I said, you know what? All I really need is, even if it's like an office where I can get the zoning for a little salon suite and I need running water in the space, that's all I need. And so I started searching online in the news, you know, then it wasn't, I think Craigslist just came out maybe, you know, so it wasn't the availability that we have now for spaces. We didn't have that then. Right. So it was tough. And so I found this spot. And it was in a house and they had it split up into different offices. And it was like a probably, I guess, about a 400 square foot office that had running water in it. I was like, this is it. And so I ended up getting my, you know, little money together. Didn't have a lot. I found like a used basin, you know, how you, the stylist, we need like uh-huh. this, this, the basin, the bowl for washing hair. I painted the walls. I did it all myself, decorated it really lovely. And I basically put some, I found like a local magazine, you know, I had that my brother was working with. And I asked him, I begged him, I said, can I get it like a small ad in your magazine? Hopefully, you know, maybe I could do some beauty editor writing for you, that type of thing. He's like, really? You're not a writer. I was like, look, I need, (laughs) I need some ad space. (laughs) I was like, let me just give it a try. Everything's let's give it a try. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm fearless. You know, I want to see what I can do. I haven't, you know, no one's telling me what to do. There's no book on this. So I figured, let me just, if there's an opportunity, I'm going to go for it. it. You know, as an entrepreneur, that's just, that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? So. So sure enough, you know, I was able to get a nice little ad together. I, you know, do a little bit of, I'm not like a graphic designer by the, to say the least, but I can get around, I can move around. Right. So put something together and, you know, for the first couple of weeks I had no clients, but then I had one client and that one client told another, then she told two people and I ended up getting a lot of clients. So during that process, I was running into a lot of hair that was very unruly, like it started matting and shedding. And it was an issue because, you know, I wanted to always do my best and offer like the best service. So my service was great. The install was great, but the hair was lacking the integrity that I could stand by. Mm. So I did a little bit of research on what type of hair they used in Hollywood. You know, I was like, okay, this hair moves and it flows. At the time, really the only person you could think of that might be wearing hair extensions, you know, Beyonce, Janet Jackson. So was it a case that it was very expensive? Not that, well, expensive, and I'll get to that. So expensive in comparison to 
what was on the market right. in the beauty supply, local beauty supply stores. And that's mm. like another part of the story. But the hair that I wanted was very different because I wanted natural human hair, like from the head of a human, <laughs> you know, real. Nice. That's what we sell. So I needed to figure out where I could get this quality hair. I knew about it. I read about it. There was a forum that was actually called Black Hair Media. So you know how forums were really hot then? Yes. It was like nothing to it. You know, no, it was not user friendly. It looked crazy, <laughs> you know, very wordy. Everyone was like very, you know, incognito. You had no idea who you were talking to. We had all these different handles. But anyway, I would basically be a lurk <laughs> on uh-huh. these groups just to figure out like what was going on in the market. And myself, along with a handful of other women, were also searching too. And that the group started to grow into hundreds of women. So it was almost like an underground community, yeah. community of women looking for this type of hair that didn't shed, didn't mat. You could color it. You could wear different styles. And again, it's not that I think what was happening is women were starting to lead very hectic lives. You know, Mm -hmm. our lifestyles, you know, you're a mother, you're maybe in school, you've got like two jobs. You also need to be presentable. We were still wearing relaxers in our hair. I mean, we still do, but that was more prevalent than the natural hair that we're wearing, you know, our beautiful natural hair that we're wearing now. So it was a time of like people were just grasping for answers. Like Mm. women were looking for a way to maintain a style easily and still also have like a life, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it can become very difficult, you know, just being a woman in general, you have to do all these things and look great at the same time. So that's kind of what it boiled down to. So During that process, I ended up finding a company in California that all of the stylists who did hair for celebrities or on set and movies, they went to this company and I started ordering from them and I was very pleased with the product. And even I found that just let alone the hair that I provided to my clients, that helped spread the word because people would see the client's hair move and the way that it was cut. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like anything else. So there's a, who did your hair, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was a combination of technique and then the actual hair itself. So what I ran into, the issue with one there in California, so obviously it had to be shipped to Austin. Right. Two, I had to set up, schedule two appointments. So one appointment was the consultation to figure out exactly what type of hair they needed to order, right? So I had to sit down with them they definitely didn't know what to order. Like no one knew anything about this product. Mm. So they were looking to me for all of the answers. And so there's two appointments I would have to schedule. I still had my regular job. So I was (laughs) running from the office. Yeah. My nine to five to my side hustle in the evenings. I was killing myself. So it's like, okay, this two appointment thing has got to stop. I need to search for my own hair that I can have at my location. So when they come in, they choose the hair and then I install it right away, you know? So that was my next journey just to figure out how to get this hair in a larger quantity, but also at a great price. So Mm. getting down to the price of the hair, the price of the hair was probably four times more than what they were accustomed to paying. So 
what was prevalent at the time and what is still prevalent are beauty supply stores normally owned by Koreans. Mm -hmm. And they have all of the black hair products, like the wet line products, but then they also have racks and racks of, you have synthetic hair, you've got all the different textures and colors, but none of the hair was real human hair. Mm -hmm. So it's going to run you about, it was going to run you anywhere from, you know, you could get braiding hair for $2 a pack all the way up. Like the most expensive hair might cost you around that time. Like $60 was a lot to pay. Mm -hmm. And that was like a ridiculous amount to pay for hair. And it wouldn't last as long, right? It wouldn't last as long. So the average price that most people would pay for hair would be like, you know, 35 to $40 a pack. And you might need a couple of packs of hair. So our hair, and I'm kind of skipping, but maybe want to say premium quality, cuticle intact, virgin Remy hair, which is what we retail, was going to run you at that time anywhere from about $90 and it could go wow. all the way up to like 150 to 175 for really long hair. Wow. So, and you would need more than one piece of hair. Right. So it was a serious purchase. Once again, most people, most of my clients who were diving into this basically and trusting in me to purchase this hair and, you know, have it last for as long as I said, you know, they were taking a chance and they were only going by my word because they had never seen any, no friends or family was wearing the hair. I was the only person, you know, maybe who they had seen or maybe the person who referred them, right? So I wanted to make sure that whatever I purchased was quality. So I went online and found a couple of vendors and it was a huge, it wasn't the technology that we have now where, you know, it's very simple to communicate overseas. And so it was a huge language barrier, time barrier, even trying to send someone money. You know, I was like, I'm ready to send you money. They wouldn't respond. Wow. One time I received hair. Look, it was really scary. It had like nits and Lysol. And I was like, oh, oh God, I can't do this. You know, I was like, I, I'm about to give up. Mm. The day that I was about to give up, I received a call from my business partner, wow. existing business partner now, Christian Jelani. And he said, hey, he's like, I'm returning, you know, your response. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I was about to give up. At this time, this is somebody you don't know, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He's like, what do you need? And I was like, I just need samples. And he was like, okay, I'll send you some. He sent it. I received it in two days. He was so generous. He sent me enough to provide like for a full install and even maybe one more. And I was like, wow, wow this is a really great guy just from the jump. You know, I was like, wow, who does that? You know, and the hair, it was beautiful. It reminded me of the hair that I'd been ordering. So I was like, okay, I think I found my source. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we chatted over, you know, the next couple of weeks. And it's funny, I, I was working on a website for myself because I said, and this was only out of convenience, nothing. I wasn't trying to do anything huge, nothing, no national brand, just local Erica Dotson, in Austin, Texas here for her client, her local clients. So right. I thought that, you know, my clients, they already have these really busy lives. So it, wouldn't it be nice if they could go onto my website, order their hair ahead of time and pay for it then, and then they could secure their appointment. So I needed to make sure that I had images of the hair and maybe even it would be better if I had images of models wearing the hair. Mm. So I didn't have the money I didn't have the money to purchase all of that hair from Christian, pay models, pay a photographer, makeup artist, and all of that. So I checked out Christian's site, and it was horrible. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> I said, you know what? I was like, 
how about we do this? I said, I need pictures and you, I'm telling you that you need pictures, right? <laughs> I said, so um, how about if you send me hair? And I, at the time I was also working with makeup artists and a photographer on a portfolio because I was also doing editorial makeup. I mean, it took me to Fashion Week in New York City and all sorts of things. So I was also doing that on the side as well, just trying to get my credentials Awareness up. And cr- yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And so, you know, he thought about it. It's like, you know what? I guess he thought about it more. He said, can we meet up? And I was like, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm looking to really get a brand out in the United States. And he's like, you know, it seems like you might have, you know, some knowledge in marketing. And so we got together when I had gone to New York for Fashion Week to work Fashion Week and we hooked up. And literally that at that moment, when we had that meeting, he said, the Bronner Brothers hair show is going to be in Atlanta in August. And this was the year 2007. He said, do you think that we could pull this together, like pull this brand together within wow. a month? And wow. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So we got together, you know, we've never lived in the same city either. So it was a lot of talking on the phone, back and forth, emails, back and forth. We were working with design firm and uh, Cameron Smith, who has been with us from the very beginning, who's still with us now, was helping us with the packaging, the logos, all of that. And we pulled it together. And the next thing you know, I've got family and friends helping me work at the Bronner Brothers booth in Atlanta. Yeah. And I had a photo shoot prior to that. We didn't have a lot of money for marketing, but we pulled it together and I had already been doing photo shoots. So I already had a gist of what to do, you know, how to pull off the looks. Mm. And one thing that I noticed that was a huge void in the market is, you know, I had so much trouble finding great hair. There weren't any companies at the time that were even promoting this hair the proper way. Some of the sites that I saw looked really sketchy. There wasn't a phone number where you could even call someone, which you don't want to send your money to anything like that. So, And then also there weren't great pictures. What they would do is they would copy and paste pictures from maybe Beyonce's fan page Mm -hmm. and then place it on their site. And I was like, that's not right. You know, we can't do that. So I told Krishna, I said, we've got to put our money into the presentation. It's all about the presentation, Mm. you know? So again, it still wasn't a lot of money, not compared to what we put into it now, but it was, you know, it was a lot for a startup. So I had an amazing shoot. I had amazing images. And one thing that I also noticed is that during that time, there weren't a lot of beautiful images of black women with darker skin. Mm. I was like, what is going on here? So I made sure that the models that I chose had darker skin, you know, strategy. (laughs) Exactly. Because that's what I wanted to see. And I knew Mm -hmm. that I wasn't alone in that. And we did have more, you know, fair skin models too, but I'm telling you at that time, it really wasn't any visuals like that. So that also helped us a lot. So we showed up at Bronner Brothers Hair Show. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I'd never worked a booth in my life. But (laughs) (laughs) and then no one knew what they're like, what is this? You know? And so I literally we had this 42 inch piece of hair. It was basically about, oh, it could have been about six bundles from six different women. But their hair was super, super long. And I'm talking hair that goes like past your knees, mm-hmm. at least my knees. I'm 5'5". Five, five. Right. Wow. So 
what I did, you know, how do we get people to come to our booth? They're looking at us like, what are you doing? What is this? Yes. <laughs> what is this hair? You know? So I took that piece and flung it out into the, <laughs> flung it out into the, uh, like a walkway. the walkway. <laughs> yes. People were going by. And when they touched it, they were like, wow, what? And they said, put your fingers through that girl. And I was like, yeah, this is called the showstopper. I was like, this is the type of hair that we sell. Wow. And then I just started <laughs> running off saying, this hair will last you over a year. You can color it. You can cut it. You know, here I go sales pitching it. And I'm not a salesperson either, to oh, tell, yeah, you know, you but are. I believe in the product. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a salesperson. No, but I believe, <laughs> I believe in the product and that's what I needed. Really what pushed me is me wanting to get the point across that this hair was amazing. I wanted them to discover and experience what I was experiencing as a busy mother and, you know, on the job, you know, two jobs, that type of thing. You're connecting and I really, with the audience, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I was just keeping it real, you know. And then also as a stylist, what is really cool is that at the Bronner Brothers Hair Show, that's where stylists go to find out about new products. And at the time, the new products, it wasn't hair. It was hair wet line, you know, things that you put on your hair. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's safe to say that we are the first company to brand and retail and market and all those amazing things, this premium quality Remy cuticle intact hair. Wow. That's, so, that's really impressive, Erica. And, you, you know, you're, yeah. you're saying you're not a salesperson. Let me tell you something. I'm not. You're maybe not a sleazy salesperson, but you are an amazing salesperson and entrepreneur because listening to you, you know, talk about and share this story, which is just amazing to me. I hear over and over again, you taking, you stepping up to the plate, stepping up to bat and taking a swing, whether you're right. going to hit or miss. How do you cultivate this belief in yourself to know that? You can get that done. You yeah, know, all well, these cases, you had no experience. <laughs> no experience whatsoever. Well, it's basically, you know, I don't, if I'm going to put my effort into something, I want to do it 100%. Yes. And no one's going to believe in it more than me. You know, at the end of the day, I could talk to someone about it all day long, but it's me. I'm the one. I'm the one who's responsible for this brand, for this idea, for this product. Yes. And so I have to believe in myself 100, actually 110%, mm -hmm. you know? And so when you put a lot of effort into something, you don't want it to be a wasted effort. And especially when you truly, truly believe that it could change someone's life. It sounds superficial, like hair extensions changing someone's life, but hair Absolutely extensions, does, right? it's, it, yeah, it's an emotional part. Like hair is emotional for women. Right. And it's sitting on the top of your head and it's the first thing that people see. So I just knew, you know, coming from a consumer's point of view to a stylist's point of view, I, you know, was coming from both worlds. I knew that it would change a stylist's life because she, the same as I, would be able to provide a quality service along with a quality product and they would tell their friends and their friends and then it would just it would change their lives and so that's really what I was trying to get across at the show it's interesting how word of mouth really became your primary oh marketing gosh. 
marketing, yeah. right? I mean, did you really have to spend much on marketing beyond that? No, we didn't have any to spend. <laughs> That's no, right. And so also, you know, with entrepreneurs, oftentimes you get, you get really scrappy uh, and creative. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm talking about scrappy, you know, because you don't really have an option. And at the time, social media did not exist. So imagine that. Yes. And I'm imagining what in the world would I have done if I had social media then, man, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it was word of mouth. And I knew that it was special because it was happening to, I, I was already proof of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that's how I was able to get my clients. So I was able to speak on it from experience. And that is always what, that's really what sells. You know, when you hear someone talking about it, it's almost like those YouTube videos, you know, oftentimes you don't want to even hear it from the brand. Right. You want to hear it from just a regular woman who's sitting in Idaho somewhere who used the product and she's speaking from her personal experience. Were you deliberate in trying to speak to yourself as your target avatar? Like, were you as a single mom, kind of, you know, at your stage, at your age, were you speaking to other women at the same place in your walk? Was that? I believe so. Like, looking back, Mm-hmm. I'm almost, I'm sure that I was. Wow. I was, I mean, I could only speak on what you know. I had experienced, right? You're scratching um, your own itch, so to say. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's what made it really special. So those are, I didn't go to school for marketing, but I do believe that I do have, you know, a little bit of a gift with that. Yes, you absolutely um, do. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> I'm but I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Right. And so that's very helpful. But again, you know, it's really just believing in your product. That's awesome. So, yeah. you know, as entrepreneurs, right, every day we have challenges, run into roadblocks on this journey, right? Right. As, as business owners. Love you to maybe get transparent with us because... Those listening, they're hearing all these great accomplishments and accolades. And sometimes they think like you, even though we're talking about what you've done over a decade, someone might think you got lucky, right? Uh Let's talk about maybe one of the most challenging experiences you faced in your business and talk about what you learned through that experience that's made you the better businesswoman that you are today. Right. Well, there's been lots of challenging experience over the past 10 years. Yeah. And one of the, and this is actually something over the past, as we started building our boutiques, you know, over the past five years, what I started noticing is that there's a lot of turnover in retail, especially with non-management staffing Mm -hmm. or with non-management staff. And, you know, when we started retailing at store level and opening up multiple boutiques, we began to realize that most people don't stay at retail jobs. They just don't. Like one of my very first job was working at a clothing store and I was, I left within two days. Yes. I was like, I don't, I can't sell these clothes. So, right. There <laughs> but, we do. <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> and it's normally a stepping stone until someone lands the job that they want, you know, when they get out of college or, you know, that cushy office job that they've always been dreaming about. So this experience really helped me to understand that no matter what the outcome we as a brand or a company should always put everything into each and every individual on our team, no matter what, you know, I'm just simply grateful that Indique is just a part of their growth because that job, that very first job that I had in that clothing store, I'll never forget it, but mm-hmm. it's taught me things 
that I use today. You know, I, I told myself I have to do something that I'm really interested in. I mean, you know, I know it's very simple, but I know that I'm not going to give my all if I don't care about the product. That was something that I learned that was huge for me. So yeah, again, you know, just being grateful, being a part of their growth, whether or not they're with the brand a year down the line or, you know, three years down the line. So, and that's just something that comes with retail. Just one of those things. Mm -hmm. Now you've grown, you know, fast forward, this brand Uh is, is so big today, right? What fears do you have that keep you up at night right now? I don't. I can't afford it. I really believe that, you know, living in fear, like fear-based living is not healthy at all. I believe that, you know, you'll block opportunities that come your way when you live in fear. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds cliche, but everything happens for a reason. And over the years, the things that I would consider at that time, you know, something negative or something that just didn't fall through. You know, I'll look back at it now and I'm like, thank God it didn't fall through, you mm. know, or what I'll do is I'm grateful just for the lesson that I learned or the experience. You know, we're on this planet for experiences. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, some of them are bad, but I'm telling you, some of them, they're so bad that they take you to the next level real quick. <laughs> you know, that is so true. Yeah. So, yeah, I try not to live in fear at all. So you understand that there's ups and downs, but you're not fearful to walk through the valley when you're in one and you exactly. know you're going to come out the other end. Yeah, I know I am. Right. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So let's discuss, you know, maybe how you get things done, right? Because clearly you have a certain mindset of positivity that helps to propel you. Is there any consistent morning rituals that help you mm-hmm. to kind of set you up to win every day? Well, one thing that I'm loving right now, I've mastered making a green tea matcha latte homemade. Wow. I have like, (laughs) have my, what do you call it? It's like a, you know, I don't do dairy. So I do like the flaxseed milk and, you know, I heat that up, froth it up, you know, mix it with my special mixer. So that's something that I love in the morning. And then I also do, I started yoga early this year, which is really I don't know, it's just really changed me and helped center me. And so I'll do a couple of those stretches in the morning and that really helps me get going. I tell you, you're probably the third consecutive guest I've had that t- has talked to me about yoga. And I, I really maybe oh, need you to gotta give this try thing it. a shot. <laughs> it's really awesome. I first, I was thinking like, what am I doing? You yes, know, what? That's but exactly really what I asked yeah. myself first. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> So we talked about your team right at the beginning of the call, and I wanted to come back to that and ask, yes. you know, how you're able to now attract, nurture, and empower talent within your company. Oh yeah, so the beauty industry is an attractive career for many women, mm-hmm. and hair retail is truly unique. As I mentioned before, hair is a very emotional product on the consumer side. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, we attract a special individual who's interested in touching women's lives. You know, it's almost like, a, gosh, I mean, we have some women that will come into the boutique and they'll sit in there for an hour and you'll find out so many things about them. Right. It's very similar to sitting in a stylist chair sometimes because you're learning about their lifestyles. You're learning about what type of hair works best for them. And then you start getting into, oh, well, you know, I have a wedding coming up and then, you know, learning about their, just their personal lives. So it's a very interesting job and it's so nice to empower this type of woman. 
you know, at Indique, we love to acknowledge their efforts, you know, with nice perks and bonuses. We're also big on cultivating any hidden talents and interests that they might have that are outside of their daily tasks. I'm a really huge advocate for tapping into people's natural gifts. Like, I love doing that. Because I just know that, you know, when you're working somewhere and you're able to really utilize your gift, Mm -hmm. it's nothing better than that. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you're a creative director of your brand. You haven't let that go yet. (laughs) How do you get your team on board with some of your crazy visions for new products and campaigns and so on? And some of them are really crazy to the point where I'm not, I'm not getting a good response. It's, just kind of, it's, it's a little quiet. But like most creatives, I have a giant vision board in my head right. <laughs> at all times. And sometimes I'll casually throw some ideas out there to the team, see if anything sticks. And if I'm getting a, yeah, that's awesome, you know, I know we're onto something. If I'm getting a kind of what in the world did she just say, I kind of like, you know, let it go. But over the years, I've learned to really listen to the initial responses. It's almost like a gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And if the idea is a winner, you know, I'll just proceed with further details and then we'll come together. I love for the entire team to really be on board and help cultivate the idea. And then we'll gather up bullet points and proceed with the actual game plan. But another thing that's been really helpful for us, for our team, you know, in the beginning, like I said, you know, we really didn't know how to do this thing like market hair. You know, there's no book for this. You know, this is a very different product. There's no tags that show the hair. It's not like a Gucci bag, you know, where you see the logo on the bag. You right. know, so it's it's very different. Uh, so what we do is we have planning meetings, annual planning meetings every year, uh, normally like uh, September, October. And then we plan out an entire year and a half of how we're going to do this thing. Wow. You know, and that's been really helpful. And in addition to that, we're able to put our new products in the plan and then just anything that happens throughout the year. So for me, you know, again, it's like lots of celebrity clientele. We've got fashion week, we've got award shows. Those are things that are big events for us because we know that we're going to have a lot of celebs wearing the hair. They're on the red carpet. We want to make sure that we get placement and some awareness during those times. So a lot of our planning is around those types of things. Wow. It's really interesting. As we're coming into the tail end of our call here, I'd love uh-huh. to maybe allow you to share some advice with our young entrepreneurs, right? On yes, maybe what some of the foundation pieces are that they need to put in place to be able to have a successful startup. Yeah. So one thing that I'm seeing a lot is that, and I know that it can be very confusing out there for young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because you see people doing all sorts of things. And you're not really sure whether or not they're actually making a profit on it or not, because everything's glossed over and staged, right? So what my advice is to stick with one business idea and make it profitable. I see a lot of individuals out there with four or five businesses, and they're just waiting for something to stick. And I have no idea how they're able to do that. At least I was not able to do If I didn't put everything into Indeed the way that I did, I would not see it flourishing today. Hmm. And I'm not saying that you can't do multiple things, but I just feel that people are doing, you know how I say put 100% into it. So it's probably 50% and then another 25% in something else. And yeah, so that just, that's my advice just based on my experience in the past. And then just another thing that I think is important is do you truly love the product or service that you're offering? Can you say yes to that? Would you pay double 
the asking price for it. So at the time, I would have paid double the asking price for this hair. Right. Right. And can you talk about it until you're blue in the face? That means you're super excited about it. You want to tell everyone that's how I was like, I was just like, I'm not going to be doing your hair probably in about a year or so because I've got this hair retail, you know, that type of thing. And I'm talking to my clients about this hair. So if you can say yes to those three questions, you're on to something really special Mm -hmm. and do something different. You know, I see a lot of people just sort of, again, you know, you, yeah, it's on social media. It's like, okay, so I'm going to have a hair company too, or I'm going to, you know, have an Instagram clothing line. Let's, you know, do something innovative, you Mm -hmm. know, think about Steve Jobs and just how he's changed the world. So yeah, I think those things are important. We started off talking with the fact that you didn't know much about marketing, but now you do. Now you have a department. Now you understand what works a little bit better. Are there key principles you'd want to share on how to start really marketing effectively? Oh, sure. So right now, we all know that social media is like the thing, just online advertisement. So understand social media and online advertisement and how you can utilize it and it's tools for your business. That's very important right now. Yes. I mean, it's to the point where we have our team basically splitting up the different platforms. So I have Pinterest that I'm studying. We have, you know, some Gabrielle might have Facebook that she's studying. And then we have, you know, Joyce working on another platform. That's how much information is to be learned. It is a lot. Now, don't be afraid and don't get scared because it's probably just you by yourself doing Mm -hmm. this, right? So one good thing is that there's a lot of information on the internet. There's workshops and seminars that are free of charge. Sometimes you'll have to maybe provide your email address, but hey, it's better than providing $150, you know? And, you know, as I mentioned before, they're constantly changing these platforms and they're updating them. So you have to stay on top of it. It's a never ending task that you're just going to have to face. I remember in the beginning, I think it was Twitter. It wasn't in 2007, but it was a few years later Mm -hmm. that that came out. And this publicist, she said, you have to have a Twitter account. I was like, do I have to? You know, I was asking, now you can't even ask, do I have to? Like, you have to. Right. It is. So please don't ignore that. Another thing that I found to be very helpful, especially with the retail product, even with the service, you could use an influencer. Influencers are key. Influencers are people who have a huge following on social media that are willing to try your product and or service and give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. That shout out is worth so much. If you can do that by giving them a free service or free product, that's better than having to pay them $1,500 or even 500 which you may not have. Yes. So try to find those local influencers and then just start branching out. Influencers know other influencers. So just go to events and even go to events that don't have anything to do with your product. You know, it's always good to really branch yourself out because you never know who you're going to run into. And not even just the networking, but, you know, to touch on that, one of the Uh things I do marketing full time for a software firm in the science industry. And Mm. it's funny how much, you know, I do a good bit of trade shows and from an associative standpoint, right? I'm able to see how companies market their software and market their hardware and market other things that have no relation to the things I would market, but I'm able to look at, you know, things that might work. 
Exactly. And bring them into my space. And exactly. no one would know who those people are, right? So No, not at all. And I always tell people, you know, just because you're marketing a beauty product. Right. You know, look at what tech companies are doing yes. or look at, you know, or maybe a hotel might be doing. You never know. They might be doing something that's really clever as far as a campaign goes. Yes. And you could basically take that idea. And I'm not saying take the entire, but it's some, it's a little nugget within that idea that you Absolutely. could utilize for yourself. Right. So, yeah, always keep your ears and your eyes open. Yeah, borrow what works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So let's talk about what you see happening in the future of Indique. You know, how will you rise to that next higher height? You know, the hair industry is growing in leaps and bounds now. Yes. And, you know, at, at the time we were the only company. Now we are one of thousands that are selling this type of hair. Now, again, you know, the type of hair, we definitely still have something that's a premium product because we, you know, we manufacture it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So the great thing about that is that we'll be releasing new products with our same type of hair, but just on a, a different type of placement, you know, whether it be wigs or clip-ins or something, you know, new and innovative that's not on the market, like new textures, which are always fun. So I'm really excited about releasing new products. Nice. And then a few years down the line, we plan on opening up more boutiques and then also having small kiosks in cities where we don't have locations at the present time. And it's always good to have brick and mortar in this industry. It's a really great strength because a lot of our competitors, you know, they're just online. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of our product is that every piece is unique and different. So you really want to go in as a consumer and select your own product by hand. Love it. Mm -hmm. Erica, I could keep talking to you for like another hour <laughs> and enjoying this conversation. Oh, thank uh, you. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time here. But before yeah. we wrap up, you know, I wanted to invite you to, this is something we ask all our guests, all our featured mm. guests. You know, mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share one action that our listeners should take, should commit to this week that's going to help mm. them to blaze their trail. Okay, so important. If you have an amazing business name and you have not secured your domain name as of yet, Speak please do that. <laughs> yes. Now. Yes. <laughs> if you have an amazing stunner of a business name in mind, secure it today. It should only cost you less than $20. Maybe even less than that. Sometimes you can get them for two ninety nine. And I was Do just going to give you the today. tip. The tip to add to that. Oh, what's that? Is not to go directly to if you're going to use like a GoDaddy. Don't ah. go to GoDaddy directly. Go to Google. Oh. Type GoDaddy. GoDaddy what? will always have an ad that appears at the top. If you click on ad. You can then get the website for the dollar ninety nine or the two ninety nine. Ah, great advice. Aha. Uh -huh. I'm I'm putting that in my notes. Also, <laughs> to add to what Erica just said, not only do you need to get your domain name, but immediately after you get your domain name, make sure you secure your social handles yeah, for yeah. that domain name immediately. Exactly. You want to keep your domain name on the 15 characters for that reason, because 15 characters is about where Twitter will tap out. Yeah. So you want to make sure you secure your domain name and at the same time, secure Twitter, secure Facebook, secure yep. Instagram. Yes. Indeed. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Erica, I'm so grateful to have had you on. Oh, I thank loved you. all your wisdom and just love your personality. 
and so you're now part of our Trailblazer family. Yay! And before <laughs> we let you go, tell us how we can stay connected to you. We'll wrap up for today. Well, you can check us out at indiquehair.com and it's spelled I-N-D-I-Q-U-E hair.com. On Instagram, it's I love Indique. And Twitter, it's I love Indique as well. Check us out. Thank you so much. Erica Dotson, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.